Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. It is uh, August 2nd, 2019. Uh, welcome to Sidebar with John Duran. We got an exciting lineup today, but uh, before I tell you about what's happening today, let me tell you about August because I've all the excitement around Channel Q keeps building and building as we expand into more cities and more and more people wanting to come on the sidebar. So next week, I'm going to have Angela Briskelly from the June Mazer Archives coming on talking about lesbian history and the archives in West Hollywood. And on the other side of the spectrum, Stephen Guy. Uh, the executive director of the Men's Health Foundation and uh, some surprise uh, guests from the entertainment industry. And then the week after that, August 16th, I'm doing a show I'm just going to call Icons because I am going to have in studio incredible national leaders, uh, uh, the incredible Lori Jean from the Los Angeles LGBT Center, John Davidson, uh, uh, leading uh, litigator, legal scholar uh, who was has been doing LGBT rights for almost 40 years uh, at the ACLU and Lambda Legal Defense and been at the forefront of the fight in all of our federal courts and Supreme Court. Uh, the incorrigible David Mixner from New York City will be in studio uh, along with his uh, pal, Diane Abbott. Uh, he and Diane co-founded many LGBT organizations back in the 70s. And so it's going to be a day of icons, incredible leadership. But today, given that we had the Democratic debates this week, I thought it would be great to have a little bit of focus on politics and the Democratic nomination and the winnowing down that's going to occur over the next year to get us down to an eventual nominee because it's a little brutal at the moment and bloody. And, and uh, you know, one week somebody's up, next week he or she is down and back and forth, and it's like a seesaw watching the process. So uh, I've got incredible uh, journalist Karen Oakham from the Los Angeles Blade coming on to co-host the day with me because she's really a smart cookie. And uh, we'll be able to interview as easily and readily as I am. And then we've got Ari Gutierrez, who started one of the co-founders of Honor Pack, which is the LGBT Latino, Latina, Latinx uh, political action committee. Uh, she's also on the uh, board of directors of the Stonewall Democratic club and finally the uh, uh, gay uh, uh, well, he happens to be gay but it's not why he became but he is the Los Angeles County Democratic Party chairman he chairs the largest um, uh, county Democratic Central Committee in the state of California and he happens to be openly gay his name is Mark Gonzalez and Mark will be joining us so we got a lot of really smart people I guess some week I'll maybe have somebody over from the Log Cabin Club, but that means they're going to probably want to justify Donald Trump with me, and I'm going to just get angry. So I got, I'm going to have to meditate on that one for just a bit before maybe we get somebody from the other side. But that is, in fact, what we do have to do. We have to engage with the other side. Now, I want to do a true confession here with my uh, you know, three listeners, or maybe 30,000 of you. I have no idea how many of you are out there. But way back when, when I first registered to vote, I was a registered Republican. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. John Duran was a registered Republican at age 18. I was in business school. I was all about free markets and individual liberty and being a hawk on foreign policy and pro-death penalty and all those sort of things. And I was a Latino Republican. And uh, what happened? Well, I came out. And at the same time, I'm coming out in 79, uh, Ronald Reagan is starting to rise and come into power. And in comes the religious right. Uh, the right wing of religious communities had been somewhat apolitical prior to that. But with Jerry Falwell and, uh, and uh, Tony Perkins and locally here in Southern California, the Reverend Lou Sheldon from the Traditional Values Coalition and all these right wing uh, leaders who were disguising themselves as religious people, they weren't, they were just right-wingers disguised as religious people, uh, came into power and invaded the Republican Party. And I looked around and I said, I do not belong here. <laughs> I do not belong here. I'm still all about free markets and believe in the laws of supply and demand and individual liberty and tend to have a lot of libertarian thoughts about how a government and its people should interact. But this is not the party for me. And although 
although I'm not 100% comfortable with the Democrats, I feel more closely aligned with the Democratic Party and people center-left than I do anymore center-right. So I switched parties in about 1980 and have uh, been a registered and active Democrat ever since. Um, and uh, never miss an election. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I can somewhat uh, understand the other side. And of course, I have to say, I, I was an Orange County Democrat when this all happened. And if you were a Democrat in Orange County in 1980, you were a minority within a minority. There was just nowhere to go. Uh, contrary to where we are today, where the entire congressional delegation of the county of Orange is Democrat. And it appears that in 2019, for the first time, the number of registered Democrats in Orange County will exceed the number of registered Republicans. That, to me, is an amazing factoid. I never thought I would see that day. So things have changed down in the county of Orange, and that's a really good thing. What's a really bad thing, and I, I'm going to have to give a nod to Marianne Williamson for a while. And, you know, I know Marianne. I've known her since the days of the hay rides during the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. Incredible. But she talked about this dark angst that Donald Trump is creating in this nation, a dark climate of hatred and division and fear and isolation and loathing of the other. And uh, we are seeing that at rallies in Cincinnati, at rallies in Ohio and Wisconsin. Wherever Donald Trump goes, he stokes up people using fear. And we are getting a reflection of Berlin in 1930. This is exactly what it looked like. Uh, not saying that it's going to lead to the same place, you know, but fascism and uh, right-wing nationalism and putting party uh, over country, that has happened before around the world, and it always ends up in a really bad spot. So kudos for Marianne for raising that particular issue and putting it into our political mindsets to be thinking about the bigger picture, because this election in 2020 will come and go, but who we are as a country remains to be seen. So... That's our lineup for the day. Uh, when we come back, Karen Oakham up first, talking about the Democratic debates. So thanks for tuning in here on Channel Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, gang. Sidebar John Duran. We are having a show all about politics today because it's the Democratic debates. And I've invited three really smart cookies to be on the show this morning and this afternoon, wherever you are, to talk about all of it. And our first guest, the incredible journalist Karen Oakham, who I will not call the Wikipedia of LGBT life because she <laughs> keeps correcting me. what kind of me. cookie am I? <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, I wish I would have had a punchline ready to go for that. Yes. I don't. It'll come to me later in the show. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, Karen. Thank you, So, Karen. are you frothing over the Democratic debates? Or, uh... No, I'm not frothing, but my jaw is definitely open at Kamala Harris's performance. Tell was, me why. I was surprised. Well, because uh, the challenge by Tulsi Gabbard um, and Joe Biden are old challenges, you know, as uh, she was attacked uh, for her record as a district attorney, as San Francisco district attorney, and then as California attorney general. And she should have been prepared to respond to that. Yeah. Well, that's part of the reason we have primaries. This is friendly fire, right? Exactly. It's friendly fire coming at you from people on your own side, but whoever goes up against the Donald. But she's been attacked along those lines right. a lot, and especially by African-American activists. And you think she's just thin-skinned? You think? Uh, no, I wouldn't call it thin-skinned, but she was thrown, and I think that she, frankly, I think she was thrown by Joe Biden's attacks on her on her health care plan. She should have been better prepared for that, too. Yeah. Uh, now, disclosure, I've endorsed Kamala, because mm -hmm. I know her, and I respect her, and I'm happy to support her, but um, I didn't watch the debate, so, oh. yeah, I did not watch Which it. is why you have me here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I hate, personally, I hate watching the primaries where people go after one 
one another. I was like, we're all on the same team, gang. I, I mean, let's not bruise each other. We can question or criticize each other's ideas or policies, but then when it gets personal, uh, it's Well, painful. and, you know, that started out with Trump. I mean, remember how in that, because the Republicans oh, had he, so many candidates. He was monstrous, though. He was. He created nicknames for he everybody. Did. And, and he's uh, so, you know, and he won. minimized. And, and it's sad. Exactly. It's sad. We haven't gotten to that point yet <laughs> and i don't think that we i mean i'm sorry the democrats have yeah not you're a journalist to, you're an yes, independent yes yes and <laughs> i'm sorry I, I didn't mean to put it that way but i thinking of the frame of reference of talking about the debates um that has not happened yet but there are inferences and you know that's kind of scary but as you say this is the winnowing process and if the ultimate goal is to try to figure out who can stand up to Donald Trump then you know people need to go through these these this process and take punches take that incoming and see how they respond but part 2 of that is to anticipate what the punches would be right, yeah. and be prepared. It's too many people on the stage, too. How do you have a decent debate with 10 or 12 people up there? You can't. Well, it's not a debate. It's, it's more like responding to questions with yeah. 30 words or less. Right, exactly, yeah. in one minute or 30 seconds, exactly. And But, you know, some people really rose to the challenge uh, this second debate. Um Mike Bennett being one, for instance, and I think that Yang, who has no chance in my book of becoming president, really, you know, brought to the fore a number of issues that a lot of people didn't probably hadn't thought about. And that's good. And that also good. having an Asian on stage. Is really, <laughs> because everybody talks about minorities and diversity, but nobody talks about the Asian population. So, you know, even Kamala identifies as African-American, not necessarily as that intersectionality. When I interviewed her, I, I told her I thought that she, you know, represented a a positive symbol of intersectionality as being a woman and African-American and Asian. Indonesian, right. Yes, and that that was something that, you know, hopefully she would play upon, but she hasn't, and she hasn't actually done very well with the African-American community. Joe Biden is still holding steady after that debate with the African-American community, and and he's in the latest poll post-debate. He's still... Uh, on top, but you know, kind of in a flat way, at about thirty-two percent, I think it is. With yeah, well, well, we'll see what happens. It's still your way. Well, but in the first debate, um, I thought Elizabeth Warren acquitted herself incredibly. You could see her as the professor, sort of the explainer in chief. Right. She did things in. It's not sound bites because she's very energized and she looks at you and she is trying to explain something to you in a very common sense way. And she was really, I think she did very well. Pete Buttigieg, <clears throat> again in the first debate, I thought his big moment was looking into the camera and talking directly to Republican congressional members and saying, what are you doing? You know, what is your legacy going to be that you are defending? You are outstanding this racist president. Uh, he was very powerful in that. It's really kind of ironic in a way that a married gay white guy from Indiana is sort of the moral compass <laughs> for the presidential debates. That That is kind of ironic. Corey did very well. I think, you know, some of the people at the debate watch party I was uh, attended, uh, essentially hosted by a human rights campaign, a lot of people said they thought that Cory Booker ro really rose to the challenge. And he had a sort of a preacher quality. They were calling him the positive warrior or something, happy warrior, uh, because he was, you know, so on point. Got it. All right. When we come back, Ari Gutierrez from Honor Pack and Stonewall Democratic Club. Thanks for tuning in here on Channel Q. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Welcome back, gang, to our political feeding festival here on Sidebar today. We're having guests on, and it's all about politics and the Democratic debates and the winnowing of the process and the eventual battle royale against the Donald uh, in 2020. So we've got Karen Oakham in studio, who you've been hearing from, and now we are joined by the incredible Ari Gutierrez from uh, Honor Pack. And I believe you're on the board of Stonewall Democratic Club, too. Yes? I well, am. Yeah. I am. Stonewall. Yes, yes. There you go. Tell people what Honor Pack is. It's Honor Political Action Committee, and it was established in 2005 by a group of us who said, you know what, we're not getting attention by the Democratic Party. Uh, by and we our, as Latinos, Latinas, we Latino, uh, Latinx, uh, LGBT candidates, and we wanted to be able to. Um, Lift up our our folks and be able and really our our concerns, our issues, and make sure that that was uh, something that was part of the uh, the electoral process and also the change we want to see in the world. Right. Yeah. And you were one of the founders, right? To that. I was. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank it's you. Still standing. Fifteen years It's still years standing later. <laughs> and successful, and we've had you know a number of uh, of candidates come through who are in office now. Yep. Uh, one of them, of course, is now Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lara. He was, he was on our show a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. He was Love a blast. Him. He is yeah. the funniest guy. Yeah. <laughs> funniest yeah. guy. So do you feel now uh, a lot of our issues, I guess I would say our issues, because you and I are both Latino, Latino, yes. right? Our issues are finally on the national uh, debate stage. That's right. You know, it's... Um Part of the LGBT community, we've always, uh, you know, we dealt with uh, marriage equality, um, employment issues, um, things like that. But being also part of the Latino community, we also encountered the immigrant immigration issues, uh, social justice issues, um, concerns around education, economic um, opportunities. So somehow we had to be able to meld the two right. and realize that this isn't, you know, we live an intersectional life in terms of wanting to fight for LGBT rights, but also for our social justice rights. Yeah. When, when uh, and my loyal listeners, all three of them, will know that I've uh, retold the story many times when people say to you, to me, John, when did your family come across the border? I always say, uh, your border came across my family in 1919 when you made the state of New Mexico a, a state in the United States. Right. And, you know, and I, um, well, I grew up right on the border as well in uh, Laredo, Texas. Oh, wow. And Nuevo Laredo. And we actually commuted each way twice a day at least. And because we lived on the Mexican side, but um, went to school in the United States. And um, so I really, you know, that's uh, very close to my heart. My mom is born in Mexico, so she's the immigrant in the family. Uh, my dad was U.S. born, you know, Laredo, Texas, and I was born in San Antonio on purpose because we lived in Mexico at the time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, of course, you know, because my dad was U.S., I would have been a U.S. citizen anyway. I try, I would like to be able to get my Mexican citizenship as well so mm. that I can own property. And, right. you know, I just love Mexico. And, Me too. Yeah. Me too. We just came back from Cabo. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. We, you and your wife and your kids? Yeah. My, uh, my wife and I and... And our eight-year-old daughter and uh, we went actually for a wedding so um, 
we got we we stayed the week, you know, and uh, and had fun with each other. And just to insert here for a second, the Los Angeles Blade put Ari, her wife, and child on the cover for Independence Day for our July 4th issue. Oh, that's Just to prove the point. Right, <laughs> that's right. Wonderful. And you know, it's funny because we live, we do live in a small town, Alhambra, and right next door is San Gabriel. And they have a, uh, a you know, Fourth of July parade. And so when, after our daughter came, you know, we said, you know, what are the values we want to instill? And, uh, and so we started really participating in that little Fourth of July parade. And as simple as it is, you know, you know, it means a lot, you know, and it means a lot when you're fighting all year round for um, social justice for our community um, on many levels. And you want to be able to say, you know, we want to play on the same level We and to be acknowledged uh, uh, with the dignity of our American citizenship uh, as LGBT people, as Latinos, you know, as immigrants. Um, as families. All, all those hats. When all we come hats. back, we're going to hear why you endorsed Julian Castro in the okay. presidential <laughs> race. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back here on the Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, gang. We are having a political love fest here on the sidebar today, talking about politics in studio with me. I have a noted journalist, Karen Oakham, and from a co-founder of Honor Pack, Ari Gutierrez, and the three of us are talking politics. And I thought we'd start with uh, talking about the, the different candidates because, as you all know, I, I've endorsed Kamala Harris because I have a relationship with her, but I completely get why people are with Elizabeth Sanders or with Pete Buttigieg especially, or with Bernie. Uh, and um, uh, Ari has endorsed uh, Julian Castro. Why? Yes. Well, first of all, you, I got to meet him some years ago as well um, when he was mayor of San Antonio. San Antonio is where I was born and ra- I mean, I born and raised. Um, but it's interesting because he's also from the west side of San Antonio, which in L.A., that's the east side. So basically it's the poor side, south side of Chicago, etc. You know, uh, so we, he understands the struggle of our community uh, to be able to get to the next level of, from an education standpoint, to opportunity standpoint. And I, you know, in his heart, because he lived it, uh, he uh, he's going to be able to uh, to raise our communities up. Um, he has that perspective that I appreciate. Um, also, of course, he's got you know the experience with HUD. Yeah, and, HUD secretary. Uh, yeah, as HUD secretary during the Obama administration, he has a lot of um, very good input in ter- terms of uh, policies around immigration and uh, uh, trying to to fix what's wrong. Uh, with the immigration policy that we do have and then address some of the issues that have been going on during the Trump administration. So I'm excited about his, you know, being able to to lift up our community. I, you know, personally, I, I think it was a mistake that he wasn't chosen as a VP candidate mm. during the, the Hillary campaign. Uh, but uh, but I think it's something that our our um, our U.S. electorate needs to grow with and become accustomed to is that we have a diversity of cam- candidates, a diversity of perspectives, and um, and the power the the no herewithal to be able to make the changes that we need not only for our lower income folks, our communities of color, but for America as a whole. Yeah. Ari, uh, let me ask you. I one of the things that's frustrated me is that we talk about how this candidate or that candidate could lift up our community, meaning the LGBTQ community. Right. But I really haven't heard that. I mean, I understand Julian Castro just like Kamala Harris and obviously Pete Buttigieg uh, is, uh, you know, they're pro-equality, pro-LGBT. But we're not hearing that at all in the in the debates whatsoever. And I'm wondering, you know, you say that Julian Castro would lift us up. 
But how? I mean, where has he said that? What does that mean? Because I'm not sure that Latino, Latinx, any, you know, uh, voters out there are hearing a pro-equality message from him or, frankly, from anybody else. Maybe a little from Cory Booker, right. maybe a little from Kamala and Pete. But Yeah, I think that, um, that our Democratic candidates have been... Um, you know, they're supportive of our issues. I think that there are several of them, including Warren and Hulan Crosto, that are very much more familiar with, for example, the challenges that our trans community, trans community, uh, trans women of color in particular, uh, face um, through the criminal justice system, through the economic development system. I mean, structures. So I think that there there are some there. Now I do believe that it's being lost. You know, we they it was not a subject on the uh you know at the debates and hopefully it will be in the next um I mean, there's 12 total, so it's like I'm well, sure it'll come up. October but we need 10th. to bring, yeah, we need to bring this up as a concern. Um, a lot of times, people think, "Oh, well, you got marriage equality, so that's we're done." We're but, done. But it's not true, and that you know, in fact, that's part of the history of Honor Pack and the work that we've been doing through my other organization, which is called Latino Equality Alliance, is doing that work at the community level to be able to make sure that our LGBT Latino or African-American or API, you know, Asian-American people are um, communities of color who are LGBT and living in communities of color are um, recognized as being part of the community, are part, uh, you know, have an opportunity to live there safely and to... um, to have relationships, not only with their family, but to be out and open uh, within their own community. You know, it's, it sounds simple, but it's, you know, it's it's, it's really a huge not, goal. And nobody is addressing the fact that we are still officially second-class citizens. Well, well, I think what I want to chime in on this is, just to push from the side a bit, when, when uh, George Bush was running for president, we were the big front and center target around all the marriage initiatives around the country. We were like the center issue. We were what the right wing wanted to hate. It was a strategy, too. It was Carl Rove's strategy. now, the big target is on the backs of immigrants. Mm -hmm. Immigrants are the target in 2019, 2020. Well, people of color in general. Well, in general. But I think especially when you got families in cages, children being separated from mothers, crisis at the border, you know, talking about dark-skinned people taking your jobs. What I would hope is to see more LGBTQ people standing up defending Immigrants yes. defending yes. the other because they're the target. They need. We got to make sure we got their back. It's not always about our back. You well, know? and I, but I've been seeing in that and reporting on that, especially around asylum issues. I wasn't talking about you personally, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to see more LGBTQ electeds out there uh, saying we need to protect immigrants. Mm-hmm. We're a nation of immigrants. I'm just not hearing a lot of it. Right. Well, in fact, uh, Mayor Robert uh, Garcia, Garcia from Long, Long Beach. Beach yeah. He was actually at an honor pack. Um, Who's gay? Event. He's gay, Latino, and an immigrant. And mm-hmm. he shared his story at one of our Honor Pack uh, events uh, about a week ago, where you know that this was his story. Five minutes. Wow. I mean, he came at age five with his single mother, and how he persevered. You know, and now he's mayor of a major city. We got to wrap up, but before we go, Honor Pack. If people want to reach you, a website, yeah, email. Uh, Facebook, um, honorpack.org uh, on the on the internet and uh, you know, Google it. Honor PAC. Got it. .org. Ari, thanks for joining us Thank today. You, Ari. Hope you'll come back. I would love to. When we return, so we'll have Mark Gonzalez, the chair of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party, openly gay guy joining us here on Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Drop the subject. That's coming up next, Justin Bullock. <laughs> That's all right. We don't mind plugging for Ollie and, and uh, oh my God, I forgot the co-host. Uh, Jared. Jared. Ollie and Jared. They're coming up uh, next after this show. You're tuning into Sidebar with John Duran. Karen Oakham is here in studio. And Mark Gonzalez, the chair of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party, is uh, parking his car. He is almost here. So Karen and I are going to chat for just a bit. But I'm going to take advantage of this moment, Karen, to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. <laughs> you Again? That? So behind you, there are three flags. One is the traditional rainbow flag of the LGBT community. One is the blue and pink transgender uh, flag. And then one is the rainbow flag with the brown and the black stripes added to it, which is supposed to be uh, more representative of people of color by including additional stripes in the flag. And I guess this is where my traditionalist comes out. I am such a traditionalist that I really adhere to the original rainbow colored flag. There are no such thing as purple people or orange people or yellow people. The the colors of the flag, when Gil Baker created the flag, represented principles and virtues around our movement, not identities or color. Well, wait a second. And I happen to be Mexican-American. I find identity with the rainbow flag. I don't need a brown stripe to feel included. And did you note that you gave Gilbert Baker sole credit for the rainbow flag? Well, uh, historically... So let's start there. All right, go ahead. I actually met the woman, because Gil's no longer with us. But I I gave a key to the city to Lynn while she was here. Yes, and I... But I think that that kind of makes the point why... There are additional flags or variations on the flags so that there is this representation. But here's the issue. She was erased. Here is the issue. Identity politics, which is uh, a symptom of the left in American culture. Uh, Let me finish. Let me finish. Identity politics, it, it, it doesn't hold weight ultimately. Just because somebody is black doesn't mean that he or she is progressive or liberal. In fact, look at Ben Carson, the secretary of HUD. He is black, but he is not necessarily progressive. Well, So just so, because, I just want to point out that having these identity politics as a shorthand way to try to categorize people into categories, I just think ultimately is destructive. I think ultimately people should adhere around ideas and principles and, and have common virtues together, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, race, religion, or ethnicity. Mm-hmm. I think that's more consistent with our founding fathers. Okay, my turn? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what's the point of having the word diversity? What's the point of arguing for representation? What's the point of saying, I want to see myself on television? Nothing and wrong with any of that. Wait a second, I let you talk. Hold no. on one second. <laughs> Nothing wrong with any of that. Let your little uh, former conservative Republican come out. <laughs> so no, it's this my This is my libertarian, I think, yeah, okay. more than anything. Well, yeah. that's, that's fine. See, I acknowledge that. Your libertarian is an identity, uh, albeit an ideological one. But I disagree with you because I think that we need to see ourselves. I mean, look, I'm I'm a suicide survivor, and why? Because I I felt I was the only one, and I was evil. The church and my family and society was telling me I was evil. And I couldn't live with that. So when I started seeing that there were other gay people, because the word lesbian was Radcliffe Hall and she died anyway, you know, her, her, uh, the character in her book, uh, you know, it was like, I, wait a second, there's somebody like me there. So to get back to the flags, uh, I, I take your point because I've been struggling with adding the Q LGBTQ because people back in the day used to consider the word queer to be not only, I mean, that was the word that preceded getting that. You it know, was a slur. Yeah. You know, getting the crap beaten out of you. Um, you know, so adding the black stripe, adding the brown stripe, I understand the inclination to that. That's an expansion of the concept of diversity. So right. is being non-binary. But here's where it leads to, and I've seen it in LGBTQ 
queer culture. I have seen posted signs at conferences, no cisgender white men, cisgender white male free space. When it's then turned to be an act of exclusion, to exclude people who are different than your identity, then people are guilty of the very thing that they criticize in the first place. And that's, I think, the ultimate problem with identity politics. It requires division. I'm all for inclusion. I'm all for diversity. But just because somebody shares the same ethnicity as me, Mexican, or the same skin color, brown, or the same gender, male, or the same sexual orientation, gay, doesn't mean that we have similar beliefs or opinions. I totally and, concur and, and, and that's that, and that's what I think our American experiment is about. But I ideas. Ag- but I agree with you. The the point is coalition building. It's like Phil Wilson who uh, was the founder of uh, the Black AIDS Institute. Phil Wilson used to say America is not uh, a melting pot. It's more like a salad. That's my quote. He stole that from me. Well, Chopped salad. <laughs> okay, but I got it from Phil. I didn't get it from you. I'm sorry, I'm going to have Phil back on the show because that was my quote initially. I, 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 I think okay. he took it from me. Well, sorry. I've been quoting him on it. <laughs> but nonetheless, to your point, the salad itself is the coming together. The ingredients of the salad are specific identities. A tomato is not a beet or a piece of right. lettuce. Right. So it's it's the positive acknowledgement of how each ingredient is valued for in and of itself. But the idea is to come together as the salad, as this coalition. I agree. But what we're seeing now in Trumpism, mm. in Trumpism, is the other side of this coin. And the other side of this coin is dark. Mm-hmm. And Marianne Williamson was right to call it out for its mm-hmm. dark angst on our zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. It is identity politics to the extreme on the right. Now, if you're white, if you're Christian, you're part of the club. And anything that is not white and Christian is on the other side. Something to be fear and loathe. But see, it is But Pete Buttigieg is white and Christian. I get it. But that is the problem with identity politics is that it only leads to division and fear and looking for differences. And I agree with coalition building, but coalition building around ideas, around ideas about equality, about opportunity about economic justice, but about social justice. But you have to justice. reach out to all these different yes, in a positive way. Yes, but don't assume way. because somebody's black or brown that they're going to agree with you. I, That's my I only point. I don't we got to go to commercial that. break. I I'm don't not assume cutting you that. <laughs> salad. Karen's Yay busting a gut. Salad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be back with salads and melting pots when we come back with Mark Gonzalez, chair of the L.A. County Democratic Party. <laughs> and we Party. like each other, by here, the way. We're friends. Don't worry. We'll get, we'll get over this. Uh, here on Channel Q. Giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back, gang. Uh, by the way, anyone fretting about the discussion prior to the commercial <laughs> break between Karen Oakham and I, we've been pet friends for what, 30 years? Well, this 1988. Is 88. So uh, what we just did, we've been doing uh, for 30 I, I years. I knew him when he was the young Republican. You know, you're just going to keep... I knew you when you were doing LSD with Jimi Hendrix, huh? No, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't deny the factoid. No, I do not. <laughs> Only it was his pot. It was an LSD. Oh, okay. A clarification. Thank you, journalist. (laughs) We're now here with Mark Gonzalez, the chair of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party. Welcome to the show, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. I'm just honored to be here with Karen, the legend. (laughs) She is a legend. She is a legend. Just hanging out. You've been chair of the party for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Took the place of Eric Bauman. Mm -hmm. And are you the youngest chair of the I'm the first youngest, first Latino to ever be in this position. Yes. That's awesome. Hey, where's that? Applause, applause. Yeah, applause again. Applause again, applause, Justin. Applause, applause again. All right. Yes. There we go. I didn't even have that. I love it. We need to get this soundtrack everywhere I go. <laughs> You're, are, are you a millennial? Are you in that I'm generation? considered a millennial, yes. I'm uh, under 35. Yeah, under I'm 34. 30? Wow. Yeah. And you're the chair of the largest, I guess, 
Democratic Central Committee in the state of California? State and the nation. We have the largest amount of delegates. We are one-third of the voting base for the entire state of California, and we have the largest number of uh, 2.7 million Democrats in L.A. County alone. That is amazing. Yeah. That is... 2.7? I thought it would have been a lot higher. Isn't what is the population of L.A. County? Isn't it like 11 million? It's about million? 4 million registered voters, I guess you could say. The city County. of L.A. city of L.A., isn't the city it? city is different. The city is much more smaller, but this is the county. I represent county. the entire county. Yeah, you're the entire county. 183 I, cities in L.A. County. I thought the county was like 10 or 12 million. But anyway, but I'm not, I don't mean to question you. Oh, I'll no, you're fine. fine. <laughs> but I thought city of L.A.'s population was 4 million. The county was 10. But whatever it is, you are Some the of chair of the largest. Yes. <laughs> anyway, any way you slice it. And what would you say is the representation of the LGBT population in that? Because we are still not counted in exit polling or, you know, we're coming up on the census on the census. I mean, I remember when uh, Antonio Veragosa was uh, elected mayor and he had a special thank you at Walt Disney uh, Concert Hall Thank you for the LGBT community because he said, sure, you know, just after the Latinos, that the LGBT population got him elected. Yeah, politicians recognize the LGBT importance as voters, but for the most part, people don't, and we're not acknowledged. We're not seriously courted. Privately, we're courted. But you know, I think you it just depends in the debate. Well, yeah, I was going to say I was just I talked to Ari, who you just had on, yep. and we were saying that that was not mentioned in the last at debate all. at all. But they certainly want to come to L.A. for our money, right? That's they want right. to come and have us host fundraisers and build this rainbow coalition to support them. But when it comes to the national stage, there's no mention of our community. So I think that that's the big issue. I think I mean you've got Pete Buttigieg though, mm-hmm. although who's who's pushing that agenda, but is he? No, I don't know. He's not. He's right? just being gay. Yes, he's being gay. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> he's and not married, pushing that. By yeah. The way. Well, look. Locally, we have Stonewall Democratic Club here. They've been along for a very long time, and they they were established at a time that it wasn't popular. Uh, John is very familiar with that organization as well as you. And now you've got Stonewall Young Dems, and you've got newer folks who are getting engaged in the political process, like Honor Pack, like yeah. Honor Pack, especially Honor Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got Equality California. You've mm-hmm. got who are creating policies and making sure our community is protected as well. And and API Equality, we should mention because they actually won uh, the Prop 8 battle for yes. LGBT people but that also goes in, in 2008. Yes, yeah. and but that goes in Los into, Angeles. But that goes into your discussion about identity politics, right? right? And these groups were created to have that identity and so that we wouldn't forget them. And so, uh, yeah, they definitely, the presidential candidates need to do a better job about that. Not just but, but the important thing for me, one of the important things for me is that nobody wins California without going through Los Angeles. Correct. And, you know, right now, most politicians, when they think Los Angeles they think the ATM of, of gay Hollywood, like Ryan Murphy, for instance. Sure. And, you know, bless him, great. But that but is the dynamic we created when we started Angle in 1989. I mean, before, prior to that, there was no presidential run through That's LGBT right. world in Los Angeles. We created Angle in 1989. And for Bill Clinton at the Hollywood Palace, you were there. Yep. We raised a million dollars in one night for Bill Clinton in 1991. And suddenly they were like, wow. who are these people, these LGBT people that raised a million dollars for the governor of Arkansas? Well, and, and altogether, $3.2 million, I think it was, in early money for yeah. this dark horse candidate. Yes. And it was right on, it was October 1991. and Jennifer Flowers, right? Well, and but also Pete Wilson yes. had just vetoed he AB vetoed 101. He vetoed AB 101, September and, 29th, 1991. And that's right near your birthday and <laughs> happy birthday john and bill clinton said was asked by the los angeles times uh about ab 101 because the demonstrations were going on and he said well if i had been governor i would have signed that bill right and, and that began our dance with the clintons mm-hmm. and i met hillary that night and she was very bookish and she had a little spectacles on and her hair back in a very conservative bun mm-hmm. and well, i thought she's the smart one <laughs> bill's, <laughs> bill's charming but well she's and, smart and bill was 
friend of David Mixner. Yeah, remember they were roommates the, at Oxford. Well, yeah. and the anti-war movement, because yeah. Mixner was one of the four leaders of the uh, the famous moratorium uh, against the war. Yeah. I interviewed Hillary Clinton. Do you hear that sound, Karen? That means we need to go to commercial break. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to talk to Mark. He's the guest. <laughs> Here you and I are I'm talking to each other. by both of you. Mark is the guest. Well, we're providing <laughs> Contacts. Contacts. Exactly. Contacts. All right. When we come back, we'll continue I like our talk with Mark Gonzalez, chair of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party, here on Sidebar with John Duran on Channel Q. <laughs> Welcome back, kids. We're in studio with Karen Oakham, the Inquisitor, the potato chip Inquisitor, which I'll tell you about <laughs> another time. Yes. And Mark Gonzalez, the chair of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party. Mark, you've been watching the debates. Have you endorsed anyone in the race? No, we have, I have not. Because I, your party chair, getting, you got to stay I, neutral. Stay neutral, stay out. We do not endorse, actually. State party and local does not endorse. No. That's good. Please don't. Yeah, because they're all so good. I mean, we, are have a, good. we have a problem with all these quality candidates running. I've endorsed Kamala because of my relationship with her. But, you know, people give me grief for not endorsing Pete Buttigieg. And Pete's great. And if it's Elizabeth Warren, I'll jump behind Elizabeth Warren, whoever yeah. it is, whoever it is. No, We've got three, in, you know, possibly in the race that are in the race from California. Well, Marianne Williamson. Yes. Got uh, uh, Tom Sawyer. There you go. That was like, why am I drawing Steyer. a blank? <laughs> Tom Steyer, yeah. Steyer. <laughs> Tom Steyer, and of course, our U.S. Senator. So she's great. I think yeah. she's fabulous. I think, you know, the other night, uh, most folks are going after her. They were going after Biden. And then, um, you know, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are the shining ones right now. So it was good. But I just, I can't stand the fact that they're attacking Obama because that's just feeding into it the is. Republican agenda. It's so bizarre. Because they're going to use that against us in the in the general. Yeah. Well, we wait a second. The attacks were based on, you know, the... The charge of being the deporter in chief. I do not think that Donald Trump is going to attack Joe Biden for participating in being the de- deporter in chief. But he may use it to dilute dilute the act. Well, yeah, he's going to say, "Well, him. I'm doing it. Look at him. Do- Obama doing did it. it they did it. You're not saying yeah. anything about me." You know, look at them. We're always saying something about it. And that's actually... He's delusional in chief, as you said. You know, but that's actually one of the main questions. Should, especially now that there's a a majority of of members of Congress, and, you know, led by Maxine Waters, let's not forget, uh, who uh, support impeachment or at least impeachment inquiries beginning... That's a big question now as to whether the candidate should go full force, like Tom Steyer, that's his big need to impeach, that's his big thing, uh, or go on the issues. Because the second debate, as you know, got all tangled around what Medicare for all means and, you know... so uh, which like, is I think we talked about this recently. I think the, the look, I'm all for it. Yes, impeachment. Let's do it. But I think the problem with that is about the process. And when it goes to we don't we don't uh, own the U.S. Senate right now. The Republicans do. And if it goes through the process and it goes there, that's where bills go to die. And that's where that issue is going to die. So I'm afraid we're going to lose it there. So. So do you buy the the argument that even if the House goes through the process and there's all this public support and they, you know, they say, yes, we must impeach. And then it goes to Mitch McConnell and the Senate and the Senate takes it up and acquits that Trump then can declare victory. Correct. And that turns on the. Yeah, that's what we talked about the other day. I think that that's that's risky. But we've got to focus on the issues here. I think right. symbolically it works, but we have an election right around the corner, folks. So you're and California saying, is huge in this one. Yeah, we are. Our election is in March. Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. We're part of Super Tuesday State. We've got well over 400 national delegates who go to the convention. So it's not just about coming to California to raise money. They're coming here for votes. They're coming here to uh, make sure that the that our delegates endorse the right candidate at the DNC. And so this is a huge thing. Our our ballots go out before the New Hampshire and Iowa caucuses. So that's wow. huge for us. And so you're. Suggesting that Democrats can actually walk and chew gum at the same time? Not walk, possible. Chew gum, open the wrapper, throw it away, be environmentally conscious so, about it. So, Mark, the famous Will Rogers quote: "I don't belong to any organized party. I'm a Democrat." I thought you came up with. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Right? No, I did the salad. I did the salad, but that's actually Will Rogers. I don't belong to any organized political party. I'm a Democrat. Still true. 
Yeah. <laughs> we're very good at attacking our own. I would say I don't want to give credit to Republicans, but they're very good about protecting each other on that. And we They marched in line like like elephants. They goose step. I hate to say goose steps. Apologies to my brother and sister who are Republicans, but they really march in step with one another. But that's what yeah. makes us this mixing bowl of a good party that stands for the values of, of, of all of our brothers and yeah. sisters. You know, Ali and Jarrett are going to pop in and say hello. Can you stick around Absolutely. for another 10 I minutes? Absolutely. Yeah, have let's like do it. A, a whole big home homosexual plus two straight people party here in the studio. <laughs> when we come word, I think there's a word for that. It starts with an O. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys, to Sidebar John Duran here on Channel Q. Gang, we are in studio. Still with Mark Gonzalez, the chair of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party, the great inquisitor Karen Oakham, and Jarrett Hill, whose show is coming up next. Yes. Jarrett, welcome. Thanks for having welcome. me. I'm so glad you're here. Glad to jump in on the convo. We were just talking about the, who you're, 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 you're kind of leaning Kamala, but you're not sure. Yet. Yeah, I don't have a candidate. I mean, I've, I've been liking Kamala more, but I've been a Californian my whole life. I've known Kamala Harris since I was in college, and like I've never been like excited by or inspired by her. Um, but I I've been more intrigued by her, I will say, more uh, recently since she's been running for president. I feel like we've seen like a part of her personality we've never seen before, and we've seen her having to address a lot of different things. Um, I've always enjoyed her in the Senate, the Senate committee hearings. That's always been a good time because uh, she's really good with that questioning. But you raise a very critical point. She doesn't inspire you. Yeah. And that's going to be the key, right, Mark? I mean, yeah, turning well, people out let, to let, vote? Let's give credit where credit is due. Look at all the females that we have running, right? Vi- great, good females running and including her. And uh, does she not inspire me? Sometimes I think she does. I think she does definitely does bring up certain parts. Picking it up a little bit. Picking yeah. it up a bit. But um, I'm looking for somebody that can get the job done more so than trying to inspire me to go out there. Because Bernie's inspiring. But, I, it, but are we on his team? Yeah, but, see, but you're Bernie's a politico. Never, Bernie's never been inspiring to me so much as he's always been like uh, so radical that it was like, well, that could be interesting if we could do what he's talking about today, you know? But like, I always felt like, I, I do feel like Elizabeth Warren has like an aspirational tone in her voice that's really nice. Um, and I think that Kamala is getting more and more of that. We've heard a lot of the analysts say that uh, in the debates, like, you know, over the course of 75 years of debates or however far away the election is, uh, you know, the candidates get better at it, right? And I yeah. think Kamala is getting better at it. I think Elizabeth Warren, uh, I thought she did herself such a service that first night to go sit with the CNN uh, politicos and like not get up when they were like letting her go and like to sit there for 15 minutes and take all their questions. And they pointed out afterward, you know, she was like happy to answer their questions and excited to really be challenged by things. Whereas Bernie Sanders always feels irritated and annoyed to have to, <laughs> what are you talking about? I wrote the damn bill. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But Cory Booker also came on. He did that the, too, yeah. Yes. And he and, and Elizabeth Warren actually seemed happy to be there I, and excited. Yeah. And that's kind of what what I mean by inspired, it's not just, you know, it's it's infectious. Yeah, I will tell you, I don't know a single black person that's voted that's rooting for Cory Booker. Mm. Not one. That's no. interesting. Why? That interesting. Guys, we have less than a minute. It, so it just feels so generic and doesn't feel authentic. <laughs> let me go, go to Mark first. Mark, anything coming up at the party you want to let people know about or visit our website or anything? Uh, LACDP.org. We've got many rallies. We're getting ready to do buses. We've got to protect our, our seats in 2020, and we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, congressional, exactly. Right. That's awesome. Awesome. And uh, Jarrett, what are you and Ali got coming up next? Oh, we have so much. We have a few uh, things that are on the political side, but we also have a story about there's one thing in the world that makes me simultaneously want to be with a woman and be a woman at the same time. Only one thing. <laughs> and uh, I think that thing might be going away. So we'll tell you what that is and, uh, oh my God, and get into it. Yeah. Talk about a twister. That's a, exactly. Right. And, and there's bi pride Intrigue. coming up. And, and, next oh, time, yeah. and next time we have uh, Karen Okamon, we're going to hear about the great potato chip inquisition that oh. we heard about. During the I don't know what this is. <laughs> yes. Just be, know this: if you're around Karen Oakham, be careful the way you eat a bag of chips, or you will be outed. She's all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gang. We'll see you all next week. Next week, I'm going to have Angela Briskelli from the June Mazer Lesbian Archives on the show, nice. and Stephen Guy from the Men's Health Foundation. Thanks for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q.